You're listening to the All In Podcast with your hosts, Shane and Blake, giving you a new perspective on the dental industry. Are you ready to go all in? Let's do this. Let's do this. Welcome to the All In Podcast. The podcast brings you a new perspective on the dental industry. I am Shane McElroy and joined by Blake McClellan, as always. How are you, dude? Still healthy. That's one great thing right now. A lot of Mentally healthy? Mentally you healthy? know, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I have to ask Lacey. That's probably the better judgment now. Let's see what my wife thinks of me right now. But uh... Yeah, I'll text her later. No, he's an <laughs> asshole. Got it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> we've been really kind of like this old bickering couple like you know when you watch like the nickelodeon and stuff like back in the day like the, i do you mean that, phil walton's uh office that he records in yeah, looks yeah. Like a nickelodeon studio? yeah. no but it, it, it's kind of like this old 1950s married couple you know we're just trying to i said you're my best friend my biggest enemy and my wife my only friend and, you know, my chef. Well, that's what you just said is your wife. So it's your best friend and your worst enemy and can be that in the same day. Like <laughs> yeah. that's just how it works. No escaping each other right now. Especially but, right now. You literally can't escape. And then you throw kids in the mix and the stress level goes up and, and all that stuff happens too. Oh, and there, there's also a disease, uh, you know, virus out there killing people. So real talk. Um, I think we're very fortunate that, you know, our daughter's not coming until September because I mean, for sure. I, I, this is tough to be able to like remotely manage your career and have to take care of the kids at home and, and all this stuff and deal with this. What know, career? I can't sell anything right now, man. <laughs> like, I literally can't. I'm going to ask you, yeah. what are they, what are they instructing you to do? Cause it's really cool that, you know, I haven't heard any knock on wood. I, I've heard from the big companies. I haven't heard any major layoffs or anything. So what are they instructing their employees to do during this time? I mean, we're doing a lot of internal training. I, uh, what what you can do. The funny thing is, uh, they had me do that training with Buy Horizons, their whole Salesforce, some of the marketing people on like social media stuff and podcasting, all that kind of stuff. And so really they're kind of encouraging people to go do that right now and just be be healthy, be safe. And trying they're they're trying to keep us from worrying about our jobs and and they I, I do believe they have our best interests in mind. They don't want to lay people off, like especially a bio really strong team. You get the big boys like Nobel and Strawman. They got a lot of really good people and they want to keep them there. But I worry, like if this goes on for three months, like cash is king. And if they don't have cash to pay us, like what are, what are they going to do? Well, well you know? that and and you can't even do your job, right? Like so the, yeah. the jobs are non-existent. There's literally, right I can't sell anything. Nobody can buy anything right now. Like it's just one of those we, things. So. Even with the webinar stuff, everybody's trying, you know, like when companies will work with Implant Compare, right? To do like kind of a marketing approach and have stuff on there. But we're not seeing any real any investment from any companies being made into marketing at all. They're all hosting webinars or maybe their own platform or maybe everybody's holding on to cash right now. Yeah. Everybody's nervous. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's different, right? There's just not any stimulation. And so you're seeing a lot of digital stuff happening right now. You're seeing Facebook and Instagram and webinars, which I love because we've been trying to educate the market for four years on this, but like you're seeing a whole lot of that. You're seeing now what's Essentially, Instagram is network television for the dental professional right now. I mean, oh, there's yeah. so much going on. And, and our guest today has been, I think, doing a great job of it. We were talking about it a couple oh, nights yeah. ago about I love how he's doing Instagram live interviews. And then he takes those and turns them into content the next day and posting on his feed for those that didn't see. Gary Vee would be proud. Dude. I mean, like, <laughs> but very episodic. And I think it's very ingenious to do that kind of stuff because like we've talked about with David Beebe, like, you can make your own television show now. 
You don't need a budget. You don't need a crew. You can do it from your living room during this yeah. quarantine. Make your own television show. Literally, that's what that. we're going to be doing. But I got to get this together with, you know, uh, Israel Putterman, David Wong, and Phil Walton. We're going to be doing Japariody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, I, and I, I told somebody to buy her as the other day. I was like, literally all I can do, the only value I can bring right now is to try to entertain people. Right. Yeah. Like, so that's what I'm going to do. I, I mean, hopefully I, it will. That's what I've told our team. Like I'm, I'm trying not to do layoffs or anything, right? We want to stay open and, and do things. So we're bringing out, you know, free content and stuff, but that's not, that's not money, right? That's not stimulus. But you know, with the things that we've done, Shay, with the happy hours, um, yeah. and we were talking about today, which I still want to do this. I know it's a crazy, stupid Blake idea, but I want to do a virtual costume party. And then, like you said, maybe the Tiger the King, Tiger King, <laughs> Tiger King theme. I, I can dig it, you know, like, but I, I think we should still create the, keep elevating the social interaction during these times through the tech. Like, because again, we'll get, start getting bored with like the virtual happy hour. We've done a few of those. They've been great. Keep but if it's changing people, it up and add yeah, more to it, man. Elevate it. Yeah. Well, let's get into it, man, because we did make a joke about this the other day, but it's true. It has been easier to get big, really big guests <laughs> for the podcast, man. And this is a really big guest, in my opinion. So, why don't you go ahead and introduce him? Yeah, so I followed Kyle for a few years now, and, and you know, I've been very fond of him. I, I think we have this kind of the same circle, but I've never met. And I, I just reached out and said, "Dude, I'd love to hear your story." You know, we've never met, so that's probably a good time to let's do it as a podcast episode. But I want to hear about you because this kid's driven, and he's my—I say kid—he's my age or probably older. You children, uh, but but like <laughs> first being so young and what's you know on, on social media, you see he was a great father and, and a very involved husband. Like the guy just is hitting all categories well and constantly elevating himself with just new ambitions and things like that. Like his uh, this Pearl AI company. So um, I want to welcome Dr. Kyle Stanley. How's it going? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. No, oh, our pleasure, man. Um, glad to have you, man. I've been. Kind of lurking on your account for the last year or so, and kind of popping in and off. But like, I saw some like you're very diverse. Like that's what I've noticed about your account, and I love it. Right? Thanks, thanks. It does that doesn't help. I think in the followers, I feel like in order oh, to cares? have a really big following, <laughs> yeah, you have. I know you have to be like you know the biggest followers I see on people's like they post the same thing all the time, and that's what people sure. want. So I think it's it's hard because I do have a few interests that um, people are like turned off by certain things. I've been dying to ask since I saw that picture of you like in a band years and years ago, right? Were <laughs> yeah. you one of the original members of Atreyu? Yeah. Yeah. So Holy we actually started that, <laughs> we started that band when we were in, well, really middle school. Um, it was, it was called wow. Retribution at the time. And then we changed the name to Atreyu. And then, you know, I kind of went on to do schooling and they, continued and uh yeah still some of my best friends so dude that is awesome it was a fun time in my life it, it's it's awesome because like i've got some buddies who are in a band as well and like yeah and we listen to your we listen to a Dreyu and like so and just <laughs> that that kind of hard like metalcore like just yeah i i love that dude so this yeah. is awesome do you like do you still play yeah, well, all the time yeah so i i play every once in a while you know i was in a pretty even after Treyu, when I was in in college, I was in a, a pretty serious band um, that did you know like small little tours and and records and things. So music's always been a really big part of my life. But it's cool now because like, I mean, I I listen to a Treyu. They're one of my favorite bands still. <laughs> That's so awesome. it's cool to kind of say like, you know, I was I was in one of my favorite bands. I guess. 
That's awesome. Well, between you and Todd Engel, man, we got half of a dental band. Like a badass <laughs> right. Too, right? <laughs> right. Well, there's so many failed, I guess failed, I don't know, um, wannabe musician dentists. So many dentists I talked to are like, oh, you were in a band too? You were in a band too? Like, oh yeah, what do you play? What do you play? And a lot of it is- Why do you, why do you think that is? Musicians. I think it's the artistic oh, yeah. aspect. Yeah. You know, I think that we all have this artistic- um right brain side you know yeah um no I, and i think that's how it comes out yeah i mean it, we maybe should put a little band together you know make these uh dental conferences a little bit more interesting we'll just do a uh well you know in brazil <laughs> in brazil they do have a dental band and they're, oh, really they're pretty awesome and they play like every major um conference in brazil they're they're pretty awesome Really? I think that's, yeah. they, have they done something on Instagram live or something like that before? I can't I remember. I think they're called doc and roll. And, okay. um, <laughs> like Guto, Guto Giordani, who's like amazing guy, a good friend of mine is a singer and yeah, they're amazing. And they, they just basically like cover eighties and nineties rock songs. It's awesome. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. You know, yeah. the interesting thing though, is you were in a band that, that tours like crazy now, but Listen, before the coronavirus, you've been kind of, you've been in five continents you've lectured on, uh, <laughs> yeah. traveling all the world, lecturing all the time. So you kind of went ahead and still toured, just a little differently, yeah. right? <laughs> it's totally true. Like I've my whole life, I've been on stage. So I was I was a professional dancer by the age of eight. What I was, you know, an hold on, wait, 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 wait. And, take us yeah. through that real quick. <laughs> Did, okay. break these things down because this is incredibly <laughs> interesting. You were a professional dancer by eight. Like what kind yeah. of dancer? jazz tap, ballet, hip hop. Um, wow. You know, I started kind of classically trained when I was six and then started dancing professionally when I was eight. So, you know, on, on commercials and music videos and award shows and things like that. So that was my, my first That's experience crazy. on the stage. And so I always, I always missed that in dental school, you know, and then it was like, then I, then I had my whole thing with the Treyu and my bands in college. And then in dental school, I was modeling at the time. So again, it was like another stage. So I just needed, I needed to find a way in, in dentistry to, to kind of stay on the stage. I just got to tap out, Blake, because he's done more by the time he was like 10 than I have will ever accomplish. So. I got to go, guys. See you later. <laughs> oh, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, it's, awesome. it's pretty cool, though. That, like, you, you have that adrenaline from on the stage, right? Like, you, you, you enjoy that. That's, there's some kind of, like, high from that in a sense, right? Like, it, when you speak oh, in front of a crowd, sure. it's amazing. And now, you know, you've taken that in transition. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I never had the experience of, being an educator it was always more like a performer and now i think with the combination of you know being on stage is somewhat of a performance in combination with being an educator is really where like my passion lies now I, I love it so much you know just hanging out shooting the shit with other dentists you know talking shop is always nice and i get to do that all over the world just fun and i get to get paid for it you know yeah that's even better right because we get to talk a lot. We don't get paid a dime for this thing. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> only changed mom listens. So, you know, it's yeah, we're not really getting any endorsement deals. Early on was like, you know, oh, we'll pay for your dinner. Or like, we'll pay for your gas. Yeah, right. And, and I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> well, it's interesting to say kind of like entertain, uh, being an entertainer help with education. Because that makes a lot of sense. Because you've got to capture attention. And you have to do it in the right way for people to really 
take in what you're giving. Because if you're boring as hell, like nobody's going to learn. It. It's very yeah. true. And I think, I think the people that are kind of in our exennial millennial age really get that. But many of the older speakers have just been relying on their research and their, you know, names. And you still have a lot of these um, kind of big speakers and, you know, it's, it's people that you, everybody knows their names and you expect them to be great on stage. And oftentimes they're not. And then it can kind mm-hmm. of turn they're you using off. Like old power, they're using like old PowerPoint presentations. and very yeah, yeah, and, yeah, 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 exactly. And, you know, the content, is great that's the that's the problem i think is the content is great but nowadays with all of us having you know a three second uh uh, attention attention span span, you know you really have to you really have to give somewhat of performance and to quote flea you can't have like all what does he say all flash and no smash but um, you know you have to back it up. Got to smash! I love that. Yeah, he just exactly. qu- he just quoted quoted Flea. That's a good quote right there. That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up, man. My favorite bass player. I was a bass player. So, do you play do you play uh, guitar as well or just bass? I do. I do play guitar, but I wouldn't like. I've never performed playing guitar. You know, I, I play you. guitar like around the house when I'm like playing the Wiggles songs for my kid and stuff, or you know, Blippi's <laughs> nice. for my kid. Yeah. I tried out bass for like five minutes in college just to try because I couldn't do guitar and then I couldn't even do bass either. So I just gave up. <laughs> bass is the easiest instrument. That's what that it, bass is a fun instrument to play live because it's relatively easy. You know, it's w- oftentimes one string at a time. And so you can really have fun and dance around and, you know, play around on stage. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, you're a new father now. What's that been like in that transition with all the speaking and road trips you did? How has that changed? Because I'm expecting my first child in September and I'm used oh, to the yeah. road life. Yeah. Well, um, they changed a lot and it's one of those things that is so annoying to where it's like, you know, like I could tell you, Oh, you'll never know unless you're a patient or unless you're sorry, unless you're a patient, God, <laughs> unless you're a parent. And, and I was always like, Oh yeah, no, like I know for sure. And then you're a parent. You're like, Oh shit. I really did not know what, what this is like. <laughs> But yeah, it changed. You know, I went from doing like 40 dates a year to doing 20 dates a year. And, you know, it got to a point where my wife was just like, hey, you can't be gone all the time. Like, I don't care if you're making money. Uh, I don't care. Like, we need you home. So it yeah. definitely changed that. And it kind of put things into perspective on what's really important, you know, which of course is is family. Money doesn't matter. You know, fame doesn't matter. Recognition doesn't matter success doesn't matter as long as as long as you have your family but i definitely went through a hard time with that which is kind of how i got into speaking about um, stress and depression and suicide and all of that is that i had a really hard time um, with our profession trying to manage all the different hats that i was wearing yeah it's a unique profession where you are a business owner you were a clinician, yep. you were a manager, you know, mm-hmm. and, and most of which you're not trained to do Yep, out of school. Yeah, right? exactly right. Well, and I think, I think uh, too, we've talked about this a few times, Shane, is dentistry is very alienated. For some reason, we all tend to work on our own little island in this business. There's not a lot of continuity either. So no. I think I, it's where I think Instagram has been an awesome value to dentistry 
in a sense of how people are just very connected. It seems like it's, it's a platform that's really connecting people intimately and letting them know like you're not alone. But I, I love this mission of yours, man, because I think it's so important and very rarely discussed, at least with authenticity anyways. Yeah, no, it's it's never discussed, but not even in dentistry. I mean, nowhere it's discussed because our society has this taboo, you know, it's a taboo topic. And if you have any type of depression or anxiety or something, you're perceived as being weak. And Which is, that's hilarious because everybody has it at some point. Everybody has it. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Especially I was right now, right? We're all going through a lot of these. Oh, my gosh. I was one yeah. of these hypocrites that thought that about people, you know, like I had family members and my spouse and, you know, a lot of people that I know had gone through anxiety or depression. I just hadn't had it yet. So I was exactly. like, oh, well, just get over it or, you know, just do this. And then I went through it and was like, oh, wow, I see. You can't like, you don't just get over it. I mean, it, it takes time. You have to work at it. You have to talk to people. So it was something yeah. that I just I started talking about it selfishly for myself to make myself feel better and just be able to talk about it with colleagues. And then when I started talking about it on stage, it really um, hit a chord with people. And they it was really it was one of the most meaningful, impactful things that I could talk about. You know, yeah, you can place an implant better, you can do a veneer better, you can do a great digital smile design, whatever. But you can't do any of that crap if you're not in the right frame of mind, or if you're not you know, your home life isn't good or your relationships aren't good with your family or with your parents or whatever. No, a hundred percent. And the reality is this, you, I like what you said. It's like, I used to think that too, by the way, about people where just get over it. Right. Or you're mm -hmm. weak. And listen, I've gone through like serious depression in my life. Uh, you know, most of it was situational, but like, right. The most strength you need is to do what you're doing right now and talking about it. And once you're comfortable mm -hmm. to talk about it, that shows that's real strength. And then I think it's important because other people out there are definitely going through it. They just are doing the, what, what most white males, what we do is just bury it down deep till it explodes later. Right. right. And the yeah. reality is by you talking about it on stage, it's going to help a lot of other people talk about it as well and, and could save lives just by talking about it, which is crazy. Yeah. It's been, it's been really powerful. You know, the DMS that I get or, calls and texts i mean from close friends that are dentists that i had no idea were mm -hmm. going through things and they're like oh my gosh kyle i didn't know you were going through that thanks so much for you know for, for talking about it it's been so rewarding for me and so you know again kind of selfishly it makes me feel good to talk about this but it's nice that i can that i can try to help some people it's like therapy on stage. You just, <laughs> it, totally, it totally is. And, you know, and they're paying you. Often, it's not the other way around. Yeah. And oftentimes, you know, I'm crying, they're crying, people are hugging. I mean, it's like, it's true, like dental therapy for everybody. So it's, it's really good. I really value that, man. That's pretty cool because a lot of people lecture, they, they go find the topic that can get the best endorsements. And that's not an endorsed product, right? That there's no product yeah. being discussed there at all. And that's a bold move. And I, I applaud you, man. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's been the, the difficult side of it. And I've talked about this on Instagram before is like, I think this should be something that is required in our every two years for CE that we have something. And it doesn't have to be me, but somebody, you know, a dentist talking to us about mental health, about depression yeah. suicide you know it should be especially with the rates as, being so high in the profession exactly right? it's just as important if not more than our sterilization or our hipaa 
Right. You know, I mean, this is like life saving stuff, but you bring up the topic is like, who makes money off of this? Nobody makes money yeah. off of this. So, you know, companies aren't likely to, um, to support it. And I actually have to give a shout out to MIS, an implant company that I just talked yeah. to them yesterday, and they're actually going to help me to deliver CEs on my topic about mental health, which is awesome. Oh, because that's, I'm not, Shout out to I'm MIS. Not, that's, that's badass, dude. I'm not going to really talk is. about implants. You know, I mean, it has nothing to do yeah. with implants. They don't gain anything from it. So yeah. I, I was really excited when they told me that yesterday because I'm working on an online platform because I've, I've done these in like private, you know, like at Seattle study clubs or symposiums and things. And people always message me like, Hey, can, can I see that lecture? And I haven't been able to record it. So now I'm going to have it recorded and it will, you'll actually be able to get CEs for it too, which will be really great. That's amazing. A lot of people. That's awesome. Well, I think the CE portion of that gives them an excuse to be like, well, I don't really have any problems, but maybe I'll just. Exactly. You're, yeah, you know that's I mean? exactly right. That's exactly right. And, you know, who cares if that's what it takes to get people to, to look at a topic like this? Great. Whatever it we takes. Need, we need more learning like that in dentistry, though. And, and I think right now, more than ever, we're going to need things like that. Like, it, like, I think that's such a good topic. And even non-dentists, I mean, if you look at the psychology right now of the business side of dentistry, like we've been doing these happy hours, we're seeing a lot of depression, oh, um, yeah. a lot of layoffs already, you know, people yeah. who are, you know, earning a lot and it's not like they can go work anywhere else right now because no one's hiring, <laughs> yeah. obviously. And yeah. so oh, I think, I think you'll see more than just dentists get value out of that because, you know, as, as dental professionals in the business side, we're so ingrained in this community that it, we have the same mental effects from it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're yeah. all in the shit show together this time, guys. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, is. the whole world. You know, <laughs> unless you're in the toilet yeah, paper industry, literally. the masks, or HelloFresh. Yeah, yeah, it's all of us are, man. It's crazy. So you live in? Are you in Beverly Hills, or you just practice in Beverly Hills? I practice in Beverly Hills. I can't afford to live there. <laughs> Nobody can afford to live there. Yeah. <laughs> just my. So, what area do you live in? So I live in like the San Fernando Valley, if you know. The Valley, oh, nice. You heard of that. Yeah. So I, I, I live kind of by uh, Universal Studios, if you know LA. I know exactly. I lived in the city of Orange for oh, a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. 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 A long so I grew time up in, ago. In, uh, in Yorba Linda, where like Noble Biocare. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah I, I actually I dated there. a girl who lived up where you live now. So oh, okay, I know cool. there a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So how, how is it over there? Like, is it kind of crazy right now? Like, they just shut Georgia down, where Blake and I both mm-hmm. are. And people are freaking out. And I saw a line today at the Costco down the road from us. It was the entire parking lot lined with people waiting to get in six feet apart. So it was probably a three hour wait just to get in the store. Yeah. My yeah. wife, Blake, she ordered online. We had plenty of food now because we thought ahead, but did an online order to pick up. The earliest pickup time was next Tuesday. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. So how is it out there in California? Have people freaked out? Well, we've been closed for a while. You know, my office has been mm-hmm. closed for, I think, two and a half weeks. Um, I haven't worked in four weeks because I had taken days off to lecture and then all those lectures got canceled. So um, I've pretty much been home for four weeks. Um, around Around LA, it's very quiet people are taking it pretty seriously we've you know we've just crazy because the traffic parks and everything oh yeah the other day we just went out on a on a drive we didn't get out of the car 
but we just drove down by my office, which is on Sunset Boulevard, like Sunset Strip area. And it was wild. We went there at 530. And usually that is gridlock. And it was just a ghost town. It was kind of fun, actually, to see what my dad said LA used to be like. That's the one thing I don't miss about living. Yeah, Southern California was like, I used to live in the city of Orange, have to drive, uh, where was it? Not even to Irvine, right? Like before in Irvine. And it was... It was like a hour yeah. drive. It should be five minutes, you know. Like yeah, and that was yeah. from eight a.m. to seven p.m. Just straight. Yeah, yeah. You're paying for the sunshine and you know everything else, and the opportunities, yeah. and everything else is kind of uh, lacking. Well, on the positive, we probably solved uh, global warming for a little while, just having no one <laughs> yeah, in the cars for <laughs> allowed the <laughs> at least for a couple a of months. Yeah, we need, might have needed that, but uh, you know, it is it is crazy it, the, the, here in Georgia. It, we're because of the mindset we're you know obviously s- deep south. People start yep. flooding the gun shops, and right. you know, I saw in LA today. Even uh, there was a guy in LA that crashed the train because he was trying to hit the the Mercy ship because oh, he thought gosh. it was about governmental control and stuff. So if you, I just hit the news oh, right before no. we did the interview, but the guy ran the train off the rails. Because uh, he was going to oh try to God. hit the Mercy Train or whatever. Because like, so you're seeing the like tinfoil wearing kind of people oh, wow. come out now. <laughs> we do need we do need help with mental health in this country yes. <laughs> at yes. a very high level, not just in dentistry. Well, yeah. Well, Kyle, let me ask you this because you do so much stuff, right? I assume mm-hmm. that you are doing something different all the time because you wouldn't be as successful as you are. You wouldn't be one of the top ten, you know, young lectures and you know what was that. Uh, was that Spear who named you one of those? I mean, uh, that that's like Seattle really, Study Club. Seattle Study Club. It's like, yeah. that's a high, high honor. Like you do all this lecture. Are, are you slowly losing your mind right now? Because like, what are you doing to stay sane and stay busy? Because I, I wouldn't imagine you're the guy who can just like chill. Turn it off. Yeah. Watch um, his Instagram. Well, He's not. <laughs> luckily, yeah. Luckily, you know, I wanted to do these, these Instagram lives with interviewing people but i'm lucky that i have my ai business pearl that is i'm actually kind of working full-time so um i can work remotely full-time on that so yeah it's been you know creating content updating kind of lecturing stuff and working on research because i do a lot of research too so i've been working on research um with thomas and kavicious manajad and and doing pearl yeah can you, can you shed some light on Pearl? Because um, Shane and I have kind of been fond of this for a little while. My business partner at Implant Compares, uh, he runs the AI for Wells Fargo now. But yeah, cool. Uh, we've thought, you know, we've understood the value of AI to dentistry for so long. But mm-hmm. waiting to see the you know, the people who are willing to take on that David versus Goliath mission because it's not easy. I'm sure as you're, you've seen firsthand. But like, can you shed some light on Pearl AI and what you guys are doing? Yeah. Yeah. So Pearl is a company that, we spun out of a, a previous company, a company that one of my patients actually started. His name's Ophir Tans. He started a company called Gum Gum. Actually, has nothing to do with dentistry. It is a company that grew to you know about three hundred million a year in revenue. Was based around AI, specific type of AI called computer vision, which means seeing with. Uh, computer so as to where like natural language processing is what like siri and alexa do this is seeing with a computer instead of hearing with a computer and that company gum gum was structured around 
analyzing every image on the internet in real time and then selling ad space based on that. So for example, if you had an LA Times article and there was a picture of a BMW on there, GumGum would read the image, analyze what's in it, and then sell ad space on that image that related to BMW. It could be an Acura one, it could be another thing for BMW, it could be a BMW experience, et cetera, et cetera. This became a very large business. And then my patient, Ophir, during a hygiene check, came to me and was like, hey, I'm thinking about applying this computer vision to dentistry. Would you like to help me? And I said, yeah, I don't know anything about uh, AI or computer vision, but I know a little bit about dentistry. So (laughs) that was four years ago. And we started collecting what is now the largest set of labeled dental radiographs. So images that, that... we collected from universities and DSOs and individual practices, and then getting those labeled by dentists around the world and paying them to do that. And then we started feeding that into neural networks to read what's happening in dental radiographs. We then did the same thing with intraoral scans. So now we can automatically mark margins on intraoral scans for labs or, or practitioners. We're doing this for universities as well. Um, Dude, that's working awesome. in the, in the insurance crazy. space. So it's been great. Yeah, it turned into, um, you know, a, a pretty successful business. We raised, while we were um, part of GumGum, we raised $11 million and spun it out of GumGum. Uh, we got that money from um, uh, a group called Craft Ventures run by David Sachs, who's one of the original founders of PayPal. So, so you know, up in, in Silicon Valley and so sure. it's been really is there money fun. up there? Do people have money up there? I don't know. I don't think so. I think this is kind of a one-off. <laughs> sure. But, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, and that was the interesting thing to me when I was, listen, Blake was being very generous to me towards the AI side of it. Like I didn't know anything until very, very recently and I still know yeah. very little, but it, a lot of people, you know, claim AI and it's, it's because they have a lot of data, but that's just data storage essentially, but it's the labeling yeah. of the data that's important. Correct. Yeah, and it's that's functional what, AI, right? Yeah. The reason why Pearl was able to be successful quickly and you know produce revenue and all of this stuff was because we had the back end that came from GumGum. So it's yeah. kind of like a business within a business, really. You have to have this business of hiring annotators, paying them, having a back end that allows them to, you know, annotate these images. That's one business in itself almost. And there, there actually yep. are businesses that strictly just do that. And we had that kind of built in. So when we spun out, we were able to scale pretty quickly. That's awesome. And as you can imagine, it's, it's expensive because... Oh my God, yeah. You know, when like what GumGum was doing, anybody could do. You know, find the BMW, find the Porsche, find the Acura. Like anybody could yeah, do that. You have you to know, have find the doctor dog, actually... Find the cat. Yeah. And, you know, dentists... I mean, now, now they're, they're willing to work for cheaper because there's no other option, but, um, sure. Yeah. You should you know. just hire all of them right now. for like pennies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's a, it's a, a good time for us that we have more dentists available to be marketed. That's true. Yeah. And I feel good about being able to, to employ some of our, our friends of course. And, and colleagues, you know? When you have everything labeled and, and you've got you've got this AI, what is the end goal? Like, what's the output of this for the so dental industry? There, yeah, so there's a few different categories in the dental industry. So we have the the radiology aspect of it, 
And that is to kind of bring a second opinion, and that's actually the name of our product there, a second opinion, bring that to every dentist in the world. So that when you're talking to your patient, you say, hey, Mrs. Jones, I think you have a cavity here, but I don't just think so. You know, a million dental brains from around the world would agree with me that this is a cavity and at a 80% confidence score. And that can help really nice. bring trust to our patients. Another thing that I like about it, and I talk about this when I talk about mental health, is trying to limit liability for doctors. I'm very, sure. I'm a big proponent of that um, because I think that dentists especially are getting sued way too much for things that we necessarily don't do wrong. And mm -hmm. so you, it, this limits your liability in the sense that you'll never miss anything again. Are you guys going to work with, you know, quote unquote dental insurance companies? Cause I don't really consider them insurance companies where they, <laughs> I would think the AI could help in, in them stopping them from denying so much stuff. Right. Yeah. So it's actually happening on both sides. We're doing it on their side to find fraud, waste, and abuse that's happening because sure. you have all of these kind of bad, not all of these, there's a very few amount of bad apples in the dental world. Most of us are you know, hardworking men and women that are doing honest work, trying to help our patients, but you do have some idiots that are trying to take advantage of the process mm -hmm. and submitting false claims or, you know, et cetera. And so we're finding those people and getting rid of them out of our profession, which I'm happy about because I don't like them giving us a bad name. Nice. Um, For sure. And then on, on the practitioner side, what we're working with the insurance companies on is getting immediate claims approval. So your patient's sitting in the chair, you upload the radiograph to Pearl Software, both sides agree on the detections, and you get a yes or no right then. And I think this will be a game changer because, I mean, That's for everybody, huge. really. The insurance yeah. company, because they'll have less overhead. The doctors, because we can start treatment right away. And the patients, because they're they're more open to start treatment, get better treatment faster, and know really upfront what the cost is going to be. I think that even when I, you well, know. that and the hours and hours of time on the phone and going back oh and forth on the doctor's yeah, side. Of all the overhead that we have with that. Crazy. There needs yeah. to be, yeah, this is solving a problem with the direct-to-patient kind of stuff, right? Like we yeah. need to streamline the patient experience and, and empathize with that side that it's just not being done. So that will definitely- It's so true. And you know, I've, I've been there as a patient, not in the dental world, but going, you know, to the medical office. It's like, or, you know, dermatology or something. It's like, okay, wait, this costs how much, but then how much do I pay? Well, we'll see what your insurance pays, but you paid the, and like- <laughs> It's so confusing. Okay, we'll wait. In six weeks, we'll know. But that's really not even a guarantee. You know, that's just kind of an estimate. It's like, uh, just tell me how much it's going to cost, and I'll tell you <laughs> if I can do it or not. You know, can I just pay you? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's such a it's such a broken system. Yeah, it's crazy. It's not addressed enough. I think we, we often use the word implant so often as if the patients just know why they need an implant versus just tooth replaced, right? And right. We just assume that they understand this biology that, let's be honest, a lot of dentists still don't understand, right? Until yep. they spend the time learning about it. But I think it's just, it, it's, it, it's lacking. If you just put yourself in the patient's side, I mean, there's, we need a lot of empathy around that to kind of craft some better workflows for them. It's true. Yeah, it's definitely a broken system and in dentistry. I feel like it's the worst. So hopefully, you know, technology and not just AI, but all types of technology can help 
in this. What? Let me ask you this: What else do you have on the docket right now? So you've got you got the AI stuff you with Peril, and then you've also yep. got the speaking that will come back hopefully very soon, uh, June yep. I would assume. <laughs> um, and then your own private practice, which is a very highly respected practice with Matt Najad stuff. Um, Thank you. You know what else you have? What 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 else are you doing outside of being a father? Um, I saw a picture of him playing hockey too. Do you play hockey too? I do. Yeah, yeah, I do play hockey. God I dang. love playing hockey. Yeah, so That's water awesome. polo and hockey and dance were kind of my my sports growing up. Water um, polo? That's like one yeah. of the craziest, most intense athletic. You have to be a major athlete to play water polo. It's much easier to play when you're like you know under twenty years old. When I well, when I go yeah. and play alumni games now, you find me at the bottom of the pool. I, I but, float very well now, but that's only because I'm yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I have I have some things that I can't really talk about right now, but I would say the only other thing that I can talk about is just research. So constant research, whether it's face, you know, kind of the oral facial group stuff that I do, or um, I'm doing some research with Thomas like a vicious right now on and, and manage nice. actually on the same on the same paper. So that'll be cool. Um, yeah, I love, I love doing that stuff. We should have got him drunk, Blake, and then we could have got that stuff out of him. I know. You don't need NDAs when they're scotch. (laughs) Oh, we would have had him. (laughs) Um, yeah, Linkovich is with the zero bone loss. And I think, and and you lecture a significant amount for Nobel as well, right? Is the, the Mm -hmm. gingival muco integration. Is that what they're talking about? Yeah. Can you take me through that? Yeah, because yes. JD, my buddy down here, and I love giving him a shout out. Like, I was like, "Why don't you explain that to me?" But he's like, "Well, it's uh, like, why don't we hear it from a real clinician?" <laughs> yeah, so muco integration is, um, you know, for for forty, fifty years, we focused so much on osseo integration, and then I think with a lot of the research in the past, even three years, we've really learned how important the tissue is at protecting the bone. I think we get so desensitized as clinicians that place implants or restore implants that were piercing the body envelope in the one of the dirtiest parts of the body and we need to protect the bone mm-hmm. and the only way we, we protect the bone is with the tissue so we know that we can have some type of attachment most of it is epithelial attachment on the abutments and we need mm-hmm. to maintain that and we learned over time from you know people like, like thomas like vicious or like eric rompin or um Shander Wadwani, we learned that every time we remove a healing abutment or that we, we remove anything in that in that tissue space, that we're ripping yeah, the tissue skin. out. Yeah. And it's great that we had it, but it's bad that we ripped it. So we need to maintain it. And this is where this whole one abutment, one time concept came about 10 mm-hmm. plus years ago. But with that concept, you didn't have the restorative flexibility that now some of the other companies have introduced to where you could do one abutment one time, but still do it screw retained or still do multiple provisionals, not have to do cement. So I think the the it's really nice now that many companies are offering this type of stay in abutment that allows you to have restorative flexibility with ideal biology. And that was a long, yeah, I saw, I saw it was a lecture about a year and a half ago, maybe. I can't remember mm-hmm. where it was, but about this, where this was before they released this in the U.S. Um, but it was kind of like an, uh, take a straight multi-unit abutment and flip it internal, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's what gave you the ability to do these things without breaking that seal, like you're talking about. I'm like, man, that's just a great idea. It takes like Strawman's 
you know, old tissue level, well, we get a hundred percent success rates. Yeah. Cause you're, everything's above the tissue, but to right. your point, restorative flexibility was, there is none. none. Right? So yeah. you need to both. So this to me makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that, I think that tissue level implants can work and they, you know, a lot, I know a lot of colleagues that, that work great. I think in my hands, um, not only do you miss the restorative flexibility, but you also miss the surgical flexibility. You know, what happens sure. if you don't have primary stability? You need to bury it. What happens if you need to thicken a tissue at the time? Um, there's a, you know, or if you, if you lose bone or tissue on that, then what do you do? And I think with sure. these newer, these companies that are bringing in newer, newer components, you can always go back to doing bone level. Sure. You always have that, that like, that arrow in your quiver, like one more left, one more last ditch effort. So um, I just like, and I think because I do both the surgical side and the restorative side, that having mm -hmm. all the options on both sides is, is better for me. Well, then if you don't put it where you liked it, you just can only blame yourself, right? That's right. I got a <laughs> story of life. Myself, which story is why I do orthopedic surgery. <laughs> so I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> Since we're on the topic, we might as well ask him because I think you're a placer. What, what's your take on this ceramic implant craze? He named his company Pearl. I mean. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I think that it's um, needed for true titanium allergies which is a very small amount of patients i it's think like that it's really six percent of yeah the, uh, it's, it's under one percent is what the research okay. shows now it may be more kind of like covid that um you know it's not tested or recognized on people so but even if it's five percent i don't think it's that high i would say maybe it's one to two percent um those cases are are, are great for that i think it's being it's it's used so much because like in my pa in my practice I have so many kind of crazy kooky hippie patients that <laughs> are anti everything you know you have these people like oh I don't want to take an X ray but sure. I just flew back from Morocco you know and it's like you got so much more radiation in the plane <laughs> like no idea um, or you know I'd say I hang out in the sun all day but I don't want to take an X ray or you know I don't want to use this or that so. I think it's filling a gap. I think the excuses that people use it for, which is like, oh, you won't get that gray show through. If you have that gray show through, you place the implant in the wrong position or the tissue is the wrong yeah. tissue biotype and you need to augment that. I don't think that's a real need for it. Now, I do like that they now have two-piece um, zirconia implants now. I think that at least mm -hmm. if you're if if the patient's going to kind of force you to use it or if you're a doctor that just really likes to use it and I know there are some that swear by it you have a screw retained option I think that that's important okay that's yeah. good i always viewed it as like the like listen I, i'm all for it if you need ceramic implant use a ceramic implant um mm -hmm. but kind of the whole foods the organic <laughs> I think that's the way yeah. patients sometimes view it they especially do. out there like the yep. yoga mom who yeah for like, sure believes what she believes without even reading any real research but what are you gonna do it's your patients that's what they want and it, it can provide a really good clinical solution too so. yeah you're also right about those types of patients though salib was given some setting some like he's what uh orange county right uh, yeah mission viejo and yep. yeah he's like yeah i've had some people coming in like burning sage before they come into the office and stuff like oh, that yeah. you know 
yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. Whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but hey, if they're getting implants, they're getting implants, you know? That's right. Here in Georgia, here in Georgia, it's like you got to check your gun at the counter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you actually have, we have smoking rooms in our uh, oral surgery clinics down here. So you can go have a cigarette in between. <laughs> That's <surgery>. great. <laughs> My first implant case that I ever did as a rep, this was about eight years ago or so. I was in Dallas, Texas, like a little small suburb outside of it. And they were getting the, the, the operatory ready and the patient was getting nervous. And she was, she, the nurse came up to the doctor and was like, um, uh, you know, hey, the patient wants to have a cigarette before we do this. Is that okay? He's like, sure, it's going to be another 10 or 15 minutes. And I was like, I thought that that wasn't supposed to happen, you know? Like, and there, there the patient was just chiefing up a smoke right before the, the surgery. You I, know? I think a cup I of coffee in the other hand. I had a patient during surgery, so I was doing six upper implants on him, um, and his famous sister was paying for it. He got up during sedation and walked out with the IV in his arm. We were like holding him back, and he was bleeding. He hadn't been sutured yet and was smoking like two or three cigarettes. Like blood. Are these marijuana cigarettes out there? Blood going in California. (laughs) This was before that was legal, but uh, no, this is regular cigarette. (laughs) And it was wild. And then he didn't remember anything. So it was kind of a fun story. Oh, that's why you need those IV sedation straps. Just strap them in, man. Just, yeah. (laughs) You can't get away. Yeah. I was lucky that I wasn't doing the sedation on that one. Oh, my God. That would freak me out, though. I mean, like, I've had a couple cases where, like, the patient kind of abruptly you know, was up or whatever. And, you know, it's a little, it scares you a little bit because you're so comfortable with them just being out, like in those deep sedations that you're just, you think they're out. The worst (laughs) is when they piss themselves. That's the worst. (laughs) That was only you, Shane. (laughs) I piss myself when they piss themselves, but my message is easier (laughs) up in there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That extended the surgery a little bit, though, for sure. And the the patient wasn't sure why they were wet when they woke up. It was kind of interesting. (laughs) But whatever. It worked out. That's a good note to end it on. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Very professional of us. Um, So, Kyle, what are you going to be doing, you know, the next couple of weeks that you're trapped inside, just going to continue with the ig stuff yeah basically just doing doing stuff for pearl doing um a lot of interviews both being interviewed and giving interviews or and i guess interviewing and um you know trying to get stuff done around the house and doing all the things that i put off that i never do nice sorry my son just walked in the room uh, <laughs> apparently he's up from his nap hey buddy how are you that <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> again very professional of us but we're all stuck inside <laughs> with our kids now but that's right the yeah. last one i ate ribs and drank whiskey so you know he did hey, do it, that he was hammered it, it was good yeah and one of my instagram lives my son came and sat on my on my lap <laughs> <laughs> gotta make but, you with the quarantine guy it's yeah. awesome man well, really appreciate your time, man. Um, I know you have a bunch of stuff going on. You kind of fit this right in the middle of it. So I really do thank you because it it's kind of cool having you on, man. I've heard a lot about you. I've read a lot about you. I've seen you on um, Instagram well, you. and all over the place. And so uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Such a well-rounded individual that I've never had anybody be a model, an actor, and a band. <laughs> uh, obviously, a dentist, a lecturer. You're literally uh, the only model to ever yeah. talk to Shane. He's been trying for years, <laughs> but the only yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Actually, <laughs> Blake, weren't you an Oshkosh Bagosh model or something like that, or was that Bugle Boy? <laughs> it was Bugle Boy, but it was still those man. Those were hard looking jeans, man. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, all right, guys. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you, Dr. Staley. And we'll catch you guys next time on the All In Podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the All In Podcast. See you next time.